Thank you, Danny, Megan, the whole team for leading us in worship. So we appreciate y'all very much. If you don't know me, my name is Sean Powell. I'm the family life minister here, and I have the privilege to sharing God's word with y'all this morning. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, uh, I just pray now that you would just open our eyes, that you would open our hearts, that we would be able to to hear your word, and Lord, that it would just uh, just just permeate throughout our lives, Lord. And Lord, I pray that uh, this your word may change us uh, to serve you better, to love you better, uh, to just worship you better. We love you in Jesus' name, Amen. So I've entitled the, the sermon this morning, uh, "Don't Miss This." And uh, basically, uh, I'm kind of going to confess to you a couple things that are kind of interesting. Uh, I've missed a lot of Christmases. I've, I've missed a lot of Christmases in my family. I've missed birthdays in my family. I've, I've kind of, I've just missed them. I've missed several holidays. I've missed special occasions in, in, uh, in my life. Um, I've also missed God moments in my life. I've missed quiet times. Now, when I say all this, I am not saying I have physically missed these things. I mean, physically, I, I, I think I have been there for every Christmas, physically. I've been there for my family's birthdays, physically. Um, I have, have been... Uh, just at special moments, special occasions, I've been there physically. But my confession is almost is that I haven't really been there uh, mentally sometimes, emotionally. I haven't been there spiritually. I've basically just kind of shown, I, I just showed up. And one of the reasons, one of the reasons uh, for that is because I have a tendency to live my life in the future. I have a tendency to always be thinking about the next event, the next uh, thing going on. Well, what do I have to do? What do I, you know, how do I, you know, I've got several things on my list that I need to take care of. And I'm going to be honest with you, my precious wife absolutely loves Christmas. I mean, she is amazing. Um, she is Miss Mrs. Kloss. Uh, she uh, decorates our house nice, but every time Christmas rolls around, I'm kind of like, oh, wow, <laughs> got to put up the lights, we got to put up the trees, we got this to go to and that to go to. And I have a tendency to make mental statements, and I say, whew, I can't, I can't wait till this is over. I can't, I can't wait till the holidays are over. I can't wait till so I can go back to some sense of normalcy. And I do that with, with, a, with a lot of events, and I'm always thinking about, you know, the, the, the next thing, and that, that's kind of coming around the corner. And so what I, what I wrote down here is we miss beautiful God moments in our lives because of the following reasons. Number one, because we're selfish. I mean, just plain and simple, it's because we're thinking about ourselves. 
We're thinking about our agenda and kind of what we want, and we're going over that. Maybe we're angry for whatever reason. Uh, we're, we're angry and uh, about whatever situation that's going on, so, so we're not really present there for the event that we're attending. Maybe we're just real critical people, and maybe we have to critique things over and over and over. And maybe, maybe, maybe when we're at an event, whether it's Christmas, birthdays, church, wherever, we're always kind of thinking about this could have been done better. That could have been done better. Um, my my uh, uh, baby girl, my, my daughter, my youngest daughter got married uh, last Saturday, and uh, it was a beautiful wedding, and, I've, and I'll share, share more about that down uh, in my sermon, but, uh, but it was really fascinating that the next day, my whole family came over for brunch, and we were taught, so we, we started talking about the wedding. What was really fascinating about that is we, we talked about things that could have done, we've done, we could have done better. Well, we, we should have done this, and we should have done that. We, we should have kind of made this change, or this change, or wow, you know. And, and then we, it was kind of funny, because we all went into um, kind of critiquing mode about the event. And so what I'm, what I'm saying here sometimes is that we have a tendency to miss the celebration to miss the reason why we're there at whatever event it is because our, our mind is so cloudy. It could, could be you're living your life and your future. It could be that you're critical, that you're angry, that you're just plain selfish. It could be that you're super busy and, and you, you're just so harried. Whenever you get uh, you know, to an event, you're like, wow, you know, you're just not even there sometimes. And I confess to you that I, I am like that sometimes. Now, Jim Elliott, most of you know Jim Elliott. He was a missionary in Ecuador. Um, and unfortunately, in uh, 1956, he lost his life. He was martyred. Uh, and, uh, you know, with, with, with four other guys uh, on his, uh, you know, as a missionary. And, of course, he had several journals uh, that he wrote. And, um, and so uh, in one of his journals, he wrote this, wherever you are, be all there. Wherever you are, be all there. And usually you see that. Matter of fact, you go to Tyler's uh, over there on University Park. If you park in the, the top level, you know, when you turn the corner in the stairwell, you see this quote, wherever you are, be all there. It's kind of interesting. It, it, the author was somebody else, but I know Jim Elliott uh, was the one who penned this uh, quote. And uh, so it's interesting. But what he says after this, he says, live to the hilt every situation you believe to be the will of God, live, live to the hilt. And so, um, so today, as I've titled my sermon, Don't Miss This, I kind of want to talk to you about some of these things, and perhaps you can relate to what I'm, I, I go through personally when we go, uh, when we're in some events. But the first scripture I want to bring to mind is Luke, Luke 15. Now, to most of y'all, this will register, this is the prodigal son story. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke 15. And this is probably a very familiar story to most of y'all. Um, you understand that this young man went to his father, asked for his inheritance. Uh, his father granted him the inheritance, and basically he went off and he, he spent it on all kinds of things, partying uh, in the city. And the father waited for him every day, 
And one day, the son finally was humbled, uh, and he came back uh, home, okay? So what I, what I really want to focus on is the older brother here. And I've talked about this in other sermons, but to me, this is really fascinating how the older, older brother interpreted this celebration. And I pick it up in verse 25. And so while the son came back and they're planning this big party for the, the lost son, um, basically it, it, it turns to uh, the older son in verse 25. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. In verse 28, the reaction of the older brother is priceless. The older brother became angry and he refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered, but he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed any of your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. Now, this example in God's word is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. There should have been an amazing celebration at this home. The prodigal son has come home. The prodigal son has returned. He's safe. He's sound. Dad has been waiting for him every single day. It should have been an amazing celebration, but the but the older brother missed it. Why? Because he was angry. He was angry at the situation. Why not me? Why not me? And think about us in those situations. We, we have a tendency to kind of turn whatever event that we're attending. We have, Well, why didn't they say that to me? Or why didn't I get this? Or why didn't I get that? And what happens is what should be a celebration, what should be a joyous occasion, uh, be- becomes just the opposite and, and this, this brother was there physically, but he wasn't, wasn't there to really celebrate with the family. He was so into himself. Now, let's go down to uh, Luke 5, uh, verses 17 through 19, uh, 39. Very familiar passage as well. Obviously, you guys know about this passage. You've seen it a million times. And this is about the men who, who take a friend, uh, drop him down in the roof, in order for Jesus to heal him. So I'm going to pick it up with verse 19, or 18 actually. Some men took a man who was not able to move his body to Jesus. He, he was carried on a bed. They looked for a way to take the man into the house where Jesus was, but they could not find a way to take him because of so many people. They made a hole in the roof over where Jesus stood. Then they let the, uh, let the bed with the sick man on it down before Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, friend, your sins are forgiven. Now, I want you to pick up verse 21. This is where that person kind of comes in. The teachers of the law and the proud religious leader law keepers thought to themselves, who is this man who speaks as if he is God? And then Jesus knew what they were thinking, and he said to them, Why do you think this way in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or get up and walk? And obviously, this was an amazing moment. This was a story of friendship. 
This was a story of faith. This was a story of Jesus healing a man that has been crippled. But the leaders of the law, they were so critical and so into the, the law, the spirit of the law, they basically kind of said, you know, hey, wait a minute, Jesus. I, you know, so what? I don't care if you're healing a cripple, you're forgiving their sins. Uh, man, how, how dare you speak this way? So what should have been a celebration ended up becoming a very selfish time for those men. We look in John 5 when we see the man healed at the pool of Bethesda in verse 2. Now there in Jerusalem by the sheep gate, there was a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. Uh, in, in these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well, whatever diseases he had. Now a certain man was there who had an affinity, uh, infirmity, excuse me, 38 years. I want you to remember that. For 38 years he had this infirmity. All right, And so here he is when Jesus saw him lying there and he knew that he already had been in that condition for a long time. He said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered, sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another one steps down before me. Verse 8, Jesus said to him, rise up and take your bed and walk. In verse 9, and immediately the man was made well took up his bed and walked on that same, and, uh, and that day was the Sabbath. Now, I want you to listen to the attitude of the, the Jews here. In verse 10, the Jews therefore said to him who was cured, hey, it's the Sabbath, why are you carrying your mat? What are you, what are you doing? Okay, uh, you need to understand this picture. This man has probably been coming to the pool of Bethesda for years, years and years and years. He was probably well-known. He probably had to have help coming in there. So for 38 years, he has had this infirmity. And I'm sure all the men, religious leaders and different people knew about this. But instead of these men going, you're, I, I can't believe you're, you're walking. I can't believe you're, you're amazing. What should have been a time of celebration, what should have been a time of great joy and great glory to God, these specific Jews said, hey, you're breaking the Sabbath. Hey, why are you carrying your mat right now? What, you know, what, what's going on? What are you doing? Okay, and that is a perfect picture of somebody missing what the real meaning of that moment was. Instead of focusing on the healing of this man, they focused on the mat that he was carrying. And that's exactly what we do sometimes. We miss the most important events in our lives because we focus on other things and we miss the moment. We miss that particular moment, that God moment that God set up to be a very special time because of our pride, because of our selfishness, because of our sin. Now the last, last one I want to, um, for you to, uh, well I've got two more actually, that are, are great examples. And remember uh, Mary of Bethany. And Mary of Bethany uh, goes into Simon's home and while Jesus was there, and she took the top of a very expensive bottle of perfume 
off and she anointed Jesus' feet right there. But Simon, so what should have been a beautiful moment, a beautiful moment for the Son of God to be anointed, okay, basically that Simon goes, oh, how dare you? How dare you allow this woman to come into our house, my house? And by the way, how, that is such an injustice, her spending all that money, a year's worth of, of, of wages, on this bottle of perfume, we could have given it to the poor. Again, Simon missed the moment, the God moment that, that was happening in that situation because why Simon was full of pride, he was jealous, he was angry. Several, ser- several things going on. And then probably the most familiar thing that m- many of us in this room are very familiar with is Martha and Mary. And this is probably the, the best picture of what I'm talking about. And, you know, and, and here we are in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home. She had, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he had said. But Martha, okay, I want you to get this picture. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She was distracted. She came into Jesus and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And listen to the most the powerful words that Jesus says here. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Only, uh, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. So I want you to understand the gravity of the moment and how Jesus was telling us not to miss it. Jesus was saying, don't be distracted. Don't be overwhelmed. Don't be so into the work that you have to do. And I'm sure all of us can relate to this. You know, if it's a big event, if it's a holiday, if it's a wedding, if it's a graduation, whatever it is, there's things to do. There's things, there's lists, there's things to check off. There, there's, a, there's a lot of things going on. But sometimes we're so wrapped up in all the details of the event, so to speak, that we get distracted from what's really the most important thing. And obviously, Martha was distracted because she was so focused on her quote-unquote job, she missed that the Son of God was in her home. She literally missed Jesus. How many times have you sat down for a quiet time and all these things raced through your mind and, you, you know, all of a sudden you kind of get out your list, you're going over your list, and then you're, then you're done, you're, you got to go or whatever, and then all of a sudden you, you, you miss the moment that God has laid before you to spend time with him. We're all distracted. We all have, and I'm sure you could probably relate that you've missed Christmases. You've missed birthdays. You've missed events in your life. Why? Because you were distracted. Because you were overwhelmed with whatever was going on in your life. And so my challenge to you today is, you know, the great words of, of Jim Elliott. You know, wherever you are, be all there. Try to be all there in the moment. Don't live that moment in the future. Now, uh, I've referred to uh, uh, Mallory's wedding 
And, uh, you know, I made it a, a very, in, I was very intentional, thanks to my awesome wife. Uh, I was very intentional to make sure I didn't miss the wedding. I was very intentional. I wanted to catch every single thing that was going on. The first look. I wanted to make sure I was present when I first saw my daughter in her wedding dress. I wanted to make sure I was present as I walked her down the aisle. I wanted to make sure that I was present when I, I, I gave their vows to them. I wanted to make sure each, each moment of the wedding, I had to, yes, and it, was it a challenge? Yes, lots of things going on, lots of, lots of stuff. And if I wasn't careful, I would get caught up in all those other things, just the busyness of, of the moment, so to speak. But I was, I was very careful to, to really focus and make sure I didn't miss those things. So I do believe it is possible, and I, and I, and I, I didn't miss much, okay, during the wedding, for sure. I, I, I really soaked it in, and I wanted to make sure I didn't miss the true beauty of what, of what was happening with, with my daughter and my son-in-law. And so you, we are capable of, of being very intentional in certain moments, but it takes a lot of work. It, it takes a lot of work understanding that Satan will attack you. He will distract you. He will annoy you. He will try to get your focus off of really the most important thing in the moment. You know, another illustration, for example, is Adventure Week. Adventure Week's right around the corner. It's coming up. Last year, we had about 680 80 people on our campus. Um, and man, it was a lot. It was unexpected. It was after COVID, we didn't know how many kids to expect on our campus, how many volunteers, totally unexpected. Well, all of a sudden, we're in the first day, and we're like, what's going on? We obviously didn't have enough volunteers. Um, the, our preschool struggled a little bit, and so everybody was, was kind of freaking out for a little moment, and I kept kind of pulling our staff back and saying, guys, yes, we need a few more volunteers, but we have 100 kids in this one class. We have, we have 680 people on our campus hearing with the opportunity to hear the gospel, with the opportunity to hear the, the, the good news of Christ. And, and I kept going back to that and saying, guys, don't miss the moment. Don't miss the moment. Yes, we need to take care of this. Yes, we could have done that better. Yes, we need this. Yes, we need all this stuff. This is, this is a lot. But, but We've got to be careful because sometimes we miss the blessing that's in front of us that God has opened our doors to our church and allowed 680 people to walk in to hear the good news of Christ. Yes, details are important. Yes, those things. But we've got to be careful not to be distracted from the real true meaning of whatever is going on. So we've got to be very, very intentional. We've got to be very, very careful. Now, there's a tendency within our culture to just critique everything. Like I said, the next morning after the wedding, we were like, you know, but then my oldest brother, Jack, he basically, he goes, but guys, guys, the wedding was amazing. And then for the next 30 minutes, we talked about all the wonderful things about the wedding. But it takes someone who's intentional to say, time out. Yeah, hey, we'll talk about details later, but man, let's celebrate. 
let's celebrate a beautiful thing. And so I want to challenge you. If you're the one that's, you're, you're, you're looking around and you're like, got to take care of this, got to take, we could have done this better. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Let's take care of that. Be careful. Those things are important, but be careful that you take time to celebrate. In Leviticus, it talks about there are seven, seven festivals that the Old Testament church celebrated, and many of the disciples celebrated. Jesus celebrated those same things. Those events were there for a purpose. Those events were done in order for us to pause and to celebrate how awesome God is. The Passover, the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, the Tabernacle, the Eighth Day, all of those events that are in Leviticus, that those things the people of God celebrated every single year in order to pause and bring glory and honor to God and say, God, you are great. God, we remember you. We remember what you've done. And so events are really important in our lives. Special occasions are really important because it's a time for us to pause. It's a time for us to say, God, you are amazing. The problem is I don't want you to go to one of those celebrations or whatever's going on and miss it and miss the specialness of the moment because it takes someone that has courage within your, your particular group to say, guys, I know, I know, I know, but let's not miss what God is doing in this moment. Let's not miss the beauty of this moment. Let's not miss Christmas. Focused on all the wrapping paper. I mean, there's a million little illustrations that I could give you. Now, I want to close with two things. In Matthew 6.34, perhaps Jesus summed it up the best. Matthew 6.34. Jesus says this very plainly. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. I want to read that to you again, just so it really sinks in. And to someone who has a tendency to always worry or think about the future or think about the next event or wanting things to be over with, this is a tremendous comfort to me. And I hope it is to you. Matthew 6, 34. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Today's trouble is enough for today. Now, I'd like to close this out uh, with a very famous person. Uh, and um, obviously, Jesus is, trumps everybody. But... Um, but this is a very famous person, and um, actually Piglet is the one who, who, who basically pulls this sermon into one tight, a tight little bow. And, he, and here, Winnie the Pooh says to Piglet, hey, what day is it? And then Piglet says, it's today. It's today. And then Winnie the Pooh says, my favorite day. If you've not watched the movie Christopher Robin, that's a real powerful time. This man was struggling. Christopher Robin was struggling in his life. And Winnie the Pooh kind of brought him back. 
so to speak. And he was really struggling with all the cares and concerns. And so I love this statement. Hey, what day is it? It's today. So let's focus on today. Let's focus on the day that Jesus has given us. Let's focus on that celebration. And let's, let's, let's obey what Jesus has said. Let's listen to the wise counsel of Jim Elliott. Wherever you are, be all there. Wherever you are, be all there. Jesus, we come into your presence. And Jesus, I know that we are distracted. We, uh, we're busy. We're focused on many things that you don't want us to focus on. And so, Jesus, I just pray that you would give us the clarity of each moment that you have given us, that we would be able to see the God moments, that we would be able to celebrate what we're there for, Lord, that we can truly see and not miss what you have before us in our lives. Jesus, we just ask, I ask for, for myself and for everybody in this room, we all get distracted. We all have cares and concerns of this world. And Lord Jesus, I pray that you would help us to focus. I pray, Jesus, that you would help us to be intentional, to not miss those moments. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.